0: Let's come back to our seats. It's time. Come on now.
1: Feel the love.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Should
1: I just pray? Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm going to pray for Wade and for us. Oh, Dear God. <laughs> yep. Thank you that you meet us wherever we are this morning. Um whatever state we're in after Christmas, um however we're feeling Um, whether that's awesome or kind of worn out or anywhere. Thank you for the gift that Wade and the Pallister family is to our community. Thank you for the word that you have put on his heart. Um, I pray
1: that he would share it boldly, that he would hear from your spirit as he's going along and share what we need to hear, that we would all be open, be ready to be challenged and encouraged, um, that we would just know you're here. That we would
0: meet you, in Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Thanks, Jessica. All right. Hey, friends. Um, Thank you, Jessica. I think I think Jessica's prayer there was really appropriate. um, Specifically, the phrase um, "Thank you, Lord, that you meet us in whatever state we're in after Christmas," (laughs) and um, that really describes me. And if I'm going to be completely honest, um, my sermon prep today. Um, So I've known that I was preaching today for, oh, three months, easily three months. So, of course, it's after Christmas, Gordon and Kathleen are away on vacation. If we look around ourselves, if we look around, a bunch of our friends are regulars, of course. It's, you know, it's the holiday time, so they're off visiting family. So deliberately, no, it's, you know, there's not going to be as many people you know, smaller service, everyone's kind of, you know, all that Christmas hoo-ha is done, but there's that niggling thing in the back of your mind that that New Year's is coming, right? And there's all the hype, oh, New Year's, start that. So in my mind, although I could have spent the last three months preparing for this sermon... As you sort of get caught up in Christmas and the preparation, the family, I knew, you know, it's going to come fast. And so then Christmas finished and Boxing Day and family, then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know how how when you're in high school and wherever, you know, your teacher is tired or, well, I had one teacher in high school who had a bit of a drinking problem so like when you'd walk into his class it was like the easiest class ever because everything was like true and false it was kind of like filler now what i'm about to say is not filler but i sort of thought you know what happens when you like walk into class the teacher's like okay so today we're gonna watch a movie and you're gonna answer these questions you know, and you call it yeah, and you know you call it textual analysis, or uh, or uh, cultural studies, but really the teacher just wants to play a movie, so that way they can have a period to kind of chill and relax, and you know you'll all be quiet and not bug the teacher. I fully admit that that's kind of <laughs> the way I was feeling about this sermon, and I'm like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's one thing that I love about our church is ultimate transparency, right? You know, honesty, transparency, and it's like, Gordy and Kathleen aren't going to be here. We can do whatever we want. (laughs) Okay. Love you, Gordy. Love you, Kathleen. Listening. Okay, but, but let's be honest here. We can do whatever we want anytime. <laughs> like the very first people would be like, What a great idea, Wade, would be Gordon Kathleen, right? So there's no um, so so that's really what um, I love about our church. Um, and also the other thing that was in the back of my mind was when I was when when we were doing our Advent service. Uh, me and Joanna and Peter and Jessica, and those of you who helped out and came, thank you so much. Joanna made a comment, and it was like, isn't it great that God's given us this beautiful building that we can essentially do respectfully <laughs> whatever we want in here? You know, it's kind of like, is this really ours? Like, have we really been given the privilege and the right and the responsibility to be the stewards of this? You know, Um And I love that freedom. So in thinking about this, Gordy said, well, you know, Wade, um, in a few more words, he basically said, you can preach on whatever you want, (laughs) you know, like uh, look at the reading, or as you guys know, we've been going through the Vineyard Canada fusion statement. And so after I actually did my research on study questions for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then realized that God was telling me nothing through Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that we were not just going to play a movie, and I was going to give you some questions, that this was not a filler sermon. I wanted to um, go through our second reading again of Luke 2, um, 22 to 40. So I am going to read that again for us, because it really spoke to me. So here we go. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the good news of Christ. So that's, that's a pretty cool passage, you know. And there's, like, here's this, here are these two old people, a man and woman, who are essentially waiting to die, but God has promised them that they won't pass away until they see the Messiah. Like, that's a huge, like, think about the weight of that promise and how long they waited about that. And, of course, as you know, we've also been talking a lot about our Vineyard Canada fusion document, uh, uh, Encounter Jesus, Live the Story. So in preparing, I thought, you know, because and Joanna, the whole teaching team have been, you know, we've been going through this document. I thought it might be a good idea if I was actually holding the microphone, if I read the entire thing in its entirety before I got up here and spoke. So for the very first time yesterday, I actually read the whole statement. Um, And in talking about big grand concepts, I just wanted to highlight a couple sentences of that. So So here's the beginning of that. If you're like me, you don't need to raise your hands and confess. Once again, transparency. If you haven't actually read that whole thing, I'm only going to read the start and the end. So here's the start. Through our ongoing encounter with God, he invites us to become part of his story by sharing in his mission to restore creation. God has never given up on his intention to put this world right. Right. But he has chosen not to do this apart from humanity. In response to the good news of his reign, we have made Jesus Lord of our lives and have given ourselves to the planting, development, and multiplication of interdependent, reconciling, mission-focused communities. And then I'm going to skip a whole bunch of really great paragraphs. (laughs) And then I'm going to come to the very end, which says, finally, you got to love that word, huh? We will express the unity of Christ by finding ways to intentionally collaborate with the International Vineyard Movement and the whole body of Christ of all denominations, praying and working together to fulfill our mandate to make disciples of all nations. This we will continue until the story reaches its finale at Christ's second coming, where God's reign will come fully on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Now, that is... Awesome, which is my next point there, Peter, if you could click forward there. And, you know, as I read that and as I reflect on the last month or so, I look at that phrase and I also think, that is so tiring. (laughs) I feel like in some ways, yesterday, Joanna and I managed to just start into the, okay, the Christmas is over now we can start relaxing and in the back of my mind you know if you're spending time on social media or twitter people are starting to talk about "Ooh, new year's new year's resolution what are you looking forward to in the new year make your goals and i'm like i feel like i just barely survived december anyone else feel that way sometimes thank you mark thank you peter (laughs) for your honesty and your transparency you know Like, I look at that sentence and I go, um, we will find ways to intentionally collaborate with the international vineyard movement and the whole body of Christ. My goodness, we can barely send emails to meet together as a leadership team sometimes. (laughs) I feel my own weakness, I feel like sometimes I'm barely holding on. And so when I... And so that Luke passage speaks such peace to me that obviously God has given us a mandate to do, and this fusion statement is awesome and amazing, but it's not through our striving. It's not through our strength. And that helps me get a good perspective sort of on the cultural weight of New Year's coming up, you know? It's like, whoa, what are your goals for this year? What are you going to do? What are you going to change? I'm like, how about if we just keep doing what we were doing and survive by the skin of our teeth and the grace of God, (laughs) which is not a really great triumphant New Year's resolution. Oftentimes, that's where I find myself. So my other um, inspiration, hey, buddy, how you doing, man? Can I just ask you not to pull that cord too much? You can totally hang out there. Do you want to sit on the step? Yeah, that's cool. You just can't grab any of those cords. All right. If he's doing something that I can't see, just you know, point. Okay. All right. So the thing that I was really inspired by right before Christmas was this blog post that we got in our email because Joanna subscribes um, to this blog by this woman by the name of Lisa Joe Baker. Uh. And she wrote a book called Surprised by Motherhood. And I honestly don't know anything about this woman, except for that she's a successful Christian mom blogger. And that Joanna subscribes to her blog. We get her emails. I don't read them. Uh, And then Joanna forwarded me this blog post. And it was entitled, if this whole year has felt like wasted waiting and you're about ready to give up, read this. Okay, well that got my attention. I'm like, hey, that might apply to me with everything I just said. So Joanna forwarded me this email. So I'm gonna read um, this blog post, which I don't have uh, up on the Prezi because as I was making the Prezi, uh, quite frankly, it was just too much work (laughs) to put all this text in. So it's gonna be like story time, right? So, So think back. Wo- like once again to school, I'm going to read you a story. So if you listen to this blog post by Lisa Jo Baker. Christmas tells the once upon a time story of what happened when the whole earth and every person on it had been waiting. Waiting with bated breath and broken hearts for the answer to a promise that was given in a garden. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And then the waiting began and the pursuing Pursuing the man and his wife who hid came the God who never gave up looking for them. The God who breathed his own life into them would chase them down, would chase them down the centuries, always faithfully calling out, Where are you? As he sent signs and wonders into the darkness to find his love children who got lost. From Adam and Eve to Abraham who who waited 25 years for his child of promise, to Jacob who waited for the woman he loved, waited for a way to return home to the brother he cheated. To Joseph, who waited in the dark of a deep well before he was traded to slavers, then waited in a prison and then waited in a palace, then waited finally for his brothers to recognize him and for his father to hold him again, waited to be reunited with his people and his name. And then the entire nation of Israel waited for rescue. And God came as he always does because he heard their cries and he sent his stumbling, stuttering, nervous son Moses to go and to speak on his behalf because he's a God who isn't about performance or perfection, but about using those of us who are willing. And those same weary, stubborn people, they waited in the wilderness 40 years for a rescue before they arrived at their destination, waiting Finally, on one woman who bravely hung a scarlet cord out her window to rescue the spies who'd come to survey the land. And the name of that rope in Hebrew is Tikva, which means hope. Then Ruth and Naomi waited for a famine to end. They waited for a new harvest, a fresh beginning, and a redeemer to take them in. And Ruth and Boaz give us Obed, who becomes the father of Jesse, the father of David, the shepherd king, who spends decades waiting between his anointing and his coronation. And his waiting is hard and bloody, and even when it nearly costs him his life, David refuses to rush the waiting or the hand of the Lord. And all that waiting is what makes him ready to lead, as the greatest king Israel would ever know. And between David and Joseph, the whole earth holds its breath, waiting for history and prophecy to be fulfilled, because we believe in a God who names himself I Am, and we recognize him by his word and his mighty works, until one night in Bethlehem, after waiting nine long, confusing months, Mary bore down and delivered the greatest answer to the world's greatest question the Savior who is foretold at the beginning of time in a garden far, far away. Prophets and priests, shepherds and wise men had looked at the stars and the scriptures and waited for this night when the cosmos would be torn apart right down the middle of the darkness as the king of kings led a daring raid under the covers of stars to deliver his only son into the arms of the world, his church and only bride. And the exhale sounded like a spontaneous choir of heavenly hosts bursting into song on the hillside because they couldn't contain the relief that the wait was over and that the answer had come. And it was yes, yes, yes. Jesus says yes. My answer is yes. He's heard you and he has felt your pain and looked into your eyes because he wanted you to believe How serious he is about giving you an answer to that ache, that desperate heartache, that soul worry. He has actually come himself. No intermediary, no representative, no out of the office reply, but Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came himself. The waiting is over. He's our tomorrow, so there's no need to worry about today. Amen. So when I read that, I want to ask, what's your pain? As Lisa Jo Baker said, what's your desperate heartache? What's your soul worry? How is Emmanuel, God with us? answering yes to you today. Of it being the first Sunday of Christmas, Advent's over. The white candle is lit. Jesus has come. He's here with us. And I find such consolation in that because as we reflect back on on our Vineyard Canada fusion statement, the world is still really broken there's still many things that we're waiting for. So I had to ask myself, what am I waiting for? You know, what promises has God given me? What promises has God given us as a congregation? There's so many answers to that question, individually and corporately. So as I said here, I I think I'm waiting for VEV to, as the Fusion Statement said, to continue partnering with God to fulfill, and this is a quote from the Fusion Statement, his intention to put this world right. Wow. As I walk into our neighborhood, as I read the news, as I just see the brokenness in my own heart... And in our communities, I go, wow, how do we do that? You know, that's quite the New Year's resolution, huh? Well, we're going to partner with God to fulfill his intention to put this world right. But then I think of all those people of that long lineage of people who waited. And God came. Some of them waited a really long time but God came in person, Emmanuel, God with us. So I guess the next thing that I was thinking about is I guess I'm waiting for us to have greater influence in East Vancouver to show the coming of the kingdom of God. I don't know what that would look like. But I'm waiting for that. I think that's so awesome. I think that I'm waiting... um, I'm waiting for this line that's on the sign outside. Seeker, skeptic, saint or sinner, all are welcome. You know what? I think we're really good at this, actually. I've said in this microphone many times that way back in the day when we were still meeting at Grace Chinese Mennonite Church behind Norman's Fruit and Produce, I kept showing up Because every time that I'd leave on some YWAM journey and come back to this crazy church of broken toys that you guys are, Kathleen remembered my name. And every time I'd come in, she'd say, hey, Wade, how you doing? Haven't seen you for a while. How's it been going? And I knew that I was welcome. I think that's so great. I'm waiting for... Well, we already do this. We did this today. Thank you so much, uh, Lynn and Corey. There you are. Uh, Danny and Esther. For just how much you guys give to worship. And not just the worship team up here. As Corey said at the beginning of the service, thank you guys. We are the worship team, right? This is two steps makes no difference, right? Because that's something we do together. And uh, in the midst of running after children and whatnot here, there was something, I mean, the worship is always awesome here, but there was something, because I've been reflecting on this today, that just rang so true with me. So I'm not saying our worship has to change. What if there were just more people in these pews? Like, our worship is already amazing and awesome. But what if there was just the, the chorus of our voices praising God, as I said here, would make everyone in this neighborhood come like moths to a light? They're like, I can't resist. There's something about that building and the people in that building and the music that I'm hearing that I need. And we know that that's the presence of God. And in pre-service prayers, we were preparing the, the point of worship, uh, you know, sometimes you can sort of get into this mode. It's like, well, I need, I need really good worship because, so you know, I need to feel, you know, worshiping God gives you that feeling, right? That feeling of belonging. You're like, oh, God, I desperately need you. I don't think that's how worship really works. I think worship is just the act of us aligning ourselves to what God is already doing right? It's not like if we sing these songs, God comes. God's here all the time. Emmanuel, God with us. The act of singing those songs just helps us in our brokenness open and align ourselves to what the Holy Spirit is doing. So what if, what if, as we're waiting, we just kept doing that, but with more of us, and what if there was some just awesome Holy Spirit or resonance that was better than any subwoofer in the world that just broadcast the Holy Spirit out of this building? Oh, that would be so awesome. I'm waiting for, what, what, if, what if Chili Wagon was a gourmet food truck? Like, what if it wasn't an actual cart or a pot of Chili? That was awesome, but what if that became something else? And what if it just wasn't a, an expression of, of justice and hospitality and the people who showed up were mostly poor and homeless? Now, that's not totally true of Chili Wagon. I love Chili Wagon when, you know, you'd just be hanging out in the park and someone would come and say, oh, well, I don't need chili, I'm not poor. And Guy Bosch would say, so, <laughs> are you hungry? Who cares if you're poor or not? You know? What if what if Chili Wagon became this tool for neighboring? Like what if like what if it was what if it was this amazing food truck that sold not only chili but served it to everyone and you're like, hey, you can't pay? Great, no worries. You can? Sure, go ahead. You know? Like what if it was the greatest food truck in all of Vancouver? And not just because of the food, but because it it changed this concept. Because as we know, culturally, eating brings people together. What if it became something that was this tool to break down those divisions in our community between rich and poor, between have and have not? You know? Because that's what the kingdom of God is. That's why Jesus came. God with us, Emmanuel. What was my next one? Well, what if this building was full? Kind of said that already. What if we couldn't fit everyone in here? What if we needed to put a speaker on the sidewalk and put up, like, foldable canopies and park the gourmet chili truck, like, right in front and open up the side and serve breakfast every morning? What happened if church had to start happening on that beautiful bit of sidewalk? What would happen if it got so successful that the city of Vancouver had to shut us down? What if we had to apply for a patio license so that way we could use the sidewalk? Yeah. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Let's have both. <laughs> what, if, what if we were all prospering in God's wholeness with our health? God with us, Emmanuel, healer, redeemer. What if we had wholeness not in only our health? How about all our relationships and our families and our finances? And then what would it look like, finally, for VEV to expand that idea of our neighborhood throughout the world? Lower Post, Haiti, Cambodia, Burma, Afghanistan, What if there was a fleet of chili trucks in Haiti handing out, I don't know, goat curry, beans and rice, Lock lak, pad thai? How could we build a neighborhood throughout the world? What's our expression of this as it moves out? That's what I'm waiting for. And as Ms. Lisa Jo Baker wrote so beautifully, I have no idea how that's going to happen. And I think there's part of me, a fallen part of me, that, that, that pushes back against this concept of the New Year's resolution. Let's just pull up our bootstraps and make it happen. Let's set some goals. And that's great. We need to do that. But I think there, there's that that fallen part of me that just looks at the brokenness and that just looks at that giant. What was that on the statement again? I want to get that right. Anyways, back in our, oh, don't worry about it, Peter. You know, how how we're going to partner with God to intentionally make the world right. That sounds great, but I go, how on earth do we do that? You know, it's enough challenge for me and Joanna to get in the van and get all the children in without, you know, completely losing it on a child. No offense, Sophia, Eleanor, and Pax. <laughs> you know, just, it's like, wow, well, we showed up at church and we didn't leave a child behind and we managed not to totally lose our cool. Win! Hashtag winning. <laughs> You know, anything over top of that, like Maslow's hierarchy of, you know, spiritual disciplines for church building, like my, do you guys know what I'm talking about, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I feel like I'm winning if I just get the family to church. (laughs) You know, like, we made it! Woo! Gold star! So, I feel so encouraged thinking about those people, those amazing saints in the Bible, Who, in their weakness, just continued to trust God, just continued to ask for patience and just waited and waited and waited centuries until finally God himself came to earth and was born in a barn from an unwed teenage mother. We always say this, but that is so mind-blowing that that God chose to come that way, that God chose us that we are his vehicles to do all this. So in your bulletin, I've provided an insert, and we're going to move into the part of class now where after we've watched Ferris Bueller's Day off, (laughs) you're going to do your study questions. So here are your study questions. And I want you to think of these personally, corporately, and culturally, as we always do. So my questions for you is, what are you waiting for? And how long have you been waiting? And waiting is hard. How have you dealt with that difficulty? And so then the next thing I want you to do is, you know, I want you to pull out your Bible or if you're like me and carry your Bible around on your electronic device, read Isaiah 40. And I'd like you to think of a time when you waited on God when you were desperate and tired and alone and God met you and you felt physically or spiritually renewed. And then, so then your last question is, what practical steps are you going to continue to take to continue to trust in God? Like, like we need to trust in God, you know what I'm saying? What practically are you going to do to do that? So your study questions are uh, here on your bulletin insert. And then I say, after your questions, feel free to respond to this time by sharing your answers with someone else if you feel comfortable. Or silent, silently reflect or stand or sing or dance or express worship however you want. Because um, what's going to happen now is I'm going to do a little liturgy. And um, being your church DJ, I'm going to play you some music. Um, which I've included the lyrics on here for those of you who are into the textual analysis. Once again, to make it more like, you know, high school English class, Esther and Kaylee. So, once again, going to do a little prayer. Going to play some music. If you want to reflect silently, here's your lyrics. There's Bibles back there. If you don't have a Bible, your neighbor should have some sort of electronic device with their Bible program on it. You can talk amongst yourselves. This is free learning time. My first track... Miles Chupa. You're probably not listening to this online, but the first track goes out to you, buddy. Um, so feel free to prepare. I'm going to get us started here. We meet. Together today, this is the next slide, there, Peter. On the unceded traditional territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Waututh First Nations, in the presence of a God whose love is freedom, whose touch is healing, and whose voice is calm, we meet not in our own strength but in the knowledge that god's spirit abides within us in our worship today and in our daily lives let us put aside all that hinders us from entering into his presence and join together in worship and praise at this moment i invite you to put aside the concerns and worries of today and enter into god's presence choosing to listen to his gentle voice to participate with how the Holy Spirit is leading. May the peace which passes all understanding, which has its source in the very nature of Father, Son, and Spirit be with us, to still our souls and to join our hearts as one. And may the gentle whisper of the God of peace speak to us during this time. Amen. So feel free now to reflect on the questions in your bulletin, to pray silently, to share with your neighbor, to write something down, to journal, or to respond however you want. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world so through so be strong in
0: the Lord, and in the power of his rise without
1: his blood
0: of all his armor, and fight the good fight in all our weakness, he becomes so strong, and he gives us the power. Trusting with your whole heart in the message you have heard More power to you, when we're all in one accord They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew, they shall renew
1: So... Um. you some of the things that God put on my heart, things that I was waiting for, and I wanted to open that up if anyone else wanted to share. Can you turn the music down just a little? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Did you see how I pulled that around full circle? Yeah, that's good, huh? No? Okay, I'm not going to force anything. So, shall we wrap this up? So, friends, as we go forward from here today, we always carry God with us. So, my prayer for us is that we continue to understand what it means to align ourselves to what God is already doing in our hearts, in this community of Vancouver Eastside Vineyard, and in Vancouver, out those doors. So may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you today, amen. And so after you guys sort of mill around and talk, I'm gonna I have one last track that I'm gonna drop, just saying.